1: We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
2: Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell.
3: Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm Galen McDowell, and thank you for joining me today for our powerful lesson on Lessons in Truth, Chapter 2, Statement of Being. We're smack dab in the middle of this series. We started last week with the chapter Bondage or Liberty Witch, which is the first lesson out of the book Lessons in Truth by H.M. Lee Cady. So we're going to teach this book for or i'm going to teach this book for the next 12 weeks i want to make sure that you have the opportunity to ask questions so please make sure that if something's not clear you reach out contact me while the show is going on live or email me later Um, you can call the show at 888-558-6489 888-558-6489 i also want to let folks know that as stated in the promo, I'm the senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, where the Reverend Derek B. Wells is the senior minister. And Reverend Wells will be having a Ash Wednesday service for the, at CUT, Christ Universal Temple, at 12 noon. If you're in the Chicago land area, make sure you come out. 12 noon to 1 p.m. We talk about the metaphysical interpretation of Lent and what does it mean to give up the thoughts and the beliefs and the concepts that we hold that keep us in bondage to the human experience. So at Christ Universal Temple, we use a little acronym for Lent. We normally say let's eliminate negative thinking. Let's eliminate negative thinking. So if you're in the area, make sure that you stop by and check us out you will get a really good lesson that could possibly be the change agent in your life. Now, if you have the book Lessons in Truth, you can get it out and follow along with me because I'm going to, on my book page 17, but it's the first uh, page of the second lesson statement of being who and what God is, who and what man is. Now, before I actually start this, it's really important for those who, might not be aware, that Lessons in Truth was written as a series of lessons originally by H.M. Lee Cady by the request of Charles L. Myrtle Fillmore in the late 19th century. The purpose of it was to give a clear and concise understanding of the principles of practical Christianity, what some people now are used call New Thoughts. Uh, the Fillmores preferred the term practical Christianity. So for many years, it was the foundational book outside of the Bible metaphysically interpreted in the unity movement. In other words, you study lessons in truth, you study the Bible metaphysically interpreted. Um, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman, the founder of Christ Universal Temple and the Universal Foundation for Better Living and the Johnny Coleman Institute, et cetera, et cetera, is was a unity minister who who then created her own organization, Universal Foundation for Better Living, but she maintained that Lessons and Truth was the foundation. So in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, the Bible metaphysically interpreted is our primary text. Our secondary text is Lessons in Truth. So. Now that I've explained that, I want to make sure that you understood the importance of this book. If you are a new thought student and you don't have lessons in truth or you have it and you haven't read it or you read it many years ago, my suggestion would be pick this book back up and start to work with it. It is absolutely fantastic. Every time I pick the book up, I get something new because Books that are written with this much substance always has something to share. And when you're at a different level of consciousness, you'll read the material differently. So let's get started. The book starts off in this chapter by stating Jesus. When it says, when Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman at the well, he said to her, God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, going down a couple of paragraphs she states that again that spirit is the animating vital principle that gives life but then she says god then is not as many of us have been taught to believe a big personage or man residing somewhere in a beautiful region in the sky called heaven where good people go when they die they see him clothed in effable glory nor is he a stern angry judge only awaiting opportunity somewhere to punish bad people who have failed to live a perfect life here. So let's stop there for a moment because many times we, we have concepts of the man upstairs, somebody up there likes me, God's going to get them. They're going to answer for what they've done by a higher power or, or anything that, that removes the concept of God as, as I'm not presence, which we're going to get into momentarily. Um, puts God as somebody upstairs somewhere or outside the realm of human experience that interjects in it to judge, condemn, bless, prosper, or or whatever. And so she's trying to pull people's concept of God away from that and look at it from a different perspective. So what she states is God is spirit or the creative energy that is the cause of all visible things. Now, we need to just stop right there. Creative energy, that is the cause, origin, beginning of all visible things. So if it's visible, that which stands behind anything in visible manifestation is the creative energy that we call God. Now, you know, science is even saying this. I say this in class sometimes. You know, they're trying to find the God particle. They're trying to figure out what is it that keeps all things connected at a sumatomic level. When you get beyond subatomic uh, quantum physics, they're trying to figure out this source energy. Well, this source energy is what the spiritual uh, leaders and teachers throughout the centuries have said was the presence and power of God. So she goes on to say God as spirit is the invisible life. And intelligence underlying all physical things. There could be no body or visible part to anything unless there were first spirit as creative cause. So this includes you. So when you look at your own body, you can literally say that God is the creative cause. God as spirit is the creative cause, the invisible life and intelligence underlying my physical body. God is also the invisible in life and uh, and intelligence underlying anything else that has to do with my life. Why? Because when it says there could be no body or visible part means there could be no form without cause. There could be no effect without cause. So what we have to get to the point of realizing that it all begins in God. That's how Genesis chapter one, verse one starts in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. We're not talking about places. We're talking about about cause and effect. We're talking about the ideal and the manifestation of the ideal. So Dr. Katie goes on to say, God is not a being or a person having life, intelligence, love, power. God is that invisible, intangible, but very real something we call life. Now, Reverend Coleman used to Say when she was active in ministry, there's only one life, the life of God, and I am that life now, and that was a way she would teach us to affirm, to pull our minds back to health and wholeness, excuse me, health and wholeness, because the literally the cells of the body respond when the intelligence and life are called forth. So when we realize that there is one life, she would go on and say, God's life is perfect, whole, and complete. God's life doesn't get sick. God's life doesn't catch colds. God's life is, 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 is she came up with her own quote unquote term. She called it the concus of the bunkers because she didn't like naming actual um, physical maladies, diseases and etc. cetera. So she would just call all of that stuff concus of the bunkers. But her way of uh, addressing it was I am the life of God and because I am the life of God. If God's life is perfect, whole and complete, so am I. And and. And it would tell people, you affirm it, you stay true to that, you keep your mind stayed on that, so it can manifest in your form. Now, what we call miraculous things have happened. I know people around this church, and I'm sure if you talk to enough people who work with prayer, really the power of prayer, really working with what it understands to mean to, as, a, as the scripture says, touch the hem of his garment, will tell you that they've seen what the world would say would be almost impossible scenarios played out when a person really gets that God is that invisible intangible but very real something we call life not just the life of the human being by the way life in general life shows up in different levels of, ex- of expression she goes on to say God is perfect love and infinite power God is the total of these the total of all good whether manifested or unexpressed so what this means simply is this If God is the total of all good, whether manifested or unexpressed, that means that even in the midst of being sick, broken, unhappy, the totality of good is right where you are because God is. Right in the middle of your confusion, God's wisdom is already there. Right in the middle of lack, God's abundance is already there. Right in the middle of what we call sickness and illness, God's wholeness is right there. And I know that it's difficult to sometimes grasp that in the midst of pain, in the midst of, of of jumping through hoops and hurdles and over hurdles and et cetera, and running into what we perceive as as uh barriers. But it doesn't change the truth because we're dealing with facts. Facts change. Truth is. The truth is God is the total of all good, whether manifested or unexpressed. So we are in the expression business. Our job is to take that which is in the invisible and bring it to the visible. Our job is to take that which is unmanifested and manifest it. Our job is to take that which has not been demonstrated and demonstrated. That's the job of humanity. And we do that through consciousness and we do that through action. Because the scripture says in James, the epistle to James, faith without works is dead now the book goes on to say god is spirit we cannot see spirit with these fleshy eyes but when spirit clothes itself with a body when spirit makes itself visible or manifest through a material form then we recognize it but notice what she says she says you do not see the living thinking me when you look at my body you see only the form i am manifesting so as a person a person is interacting with your form but you are more than your form you're more than your body How do you know that because your body changes Your body went from being a sperm cell and an egg cell colliding emerging to a to a fetus to a baby to a toddler to a child to a teenager to an adult to a you know a well groomed adult to a senior citizen, et cetera, et cetera. And through all of those levels, you're still you. But your body has changed through all those phases. So you're not your body. Your body is the vehicle through which you express because God is spirit. So you as spirit, because if God is spirit, you're spirit, which I'll deal with later. That means you are the spirit of God with a body on You're the you're the spirit of God manifesting in a form so we can interact at this level of expression, but you're not limited to it. Moving on. She goes on to say God is love. We cannot see love nor grasp any comprehension of what love is, except love as clothed with a form. In other words, we see love when it's in action. I just want to make sure that that's clear. She says all the love in the universe is God. The love between husband and wife, between parents and children, is just the least little bit of God as pushed forth through visible form into manifestation. And I love this quote. She says, a mother's love, so infinitely tender, so unfailing, is God's love only manifested in greater degree by the mother. So the love that a mother has for her children is the love of God expressing through her. See, if you can grasp that the qualities aren't yours in the sense that you possess them, your job, my job, our job is to express them. It's God's love showing up in the form as a love of a mother or showing up in the form of the love of a father or showing up as the love of a couple or showing up as love between family members or showing up as love between friends or showing up as love for a cause that you care about or showing up as love for whatever it is that that you are loving is still the love of God showing, shining forth. Now. She goes on to say, God is wisdom and intelligence. All the wisdom and intelligence that we see in the universe is God. Is wisdom projected through a visible form. Then she states to educate from educare to lead forth never means to force into from the outside, but always means to draw out from within something already existing there. God's infinite wisdom lies within every human being, only waiting to be led forth into manifestation. This is true education. So what she's simply stating is this. The intelligence and wisdom of God already reside within you, but you have to turn within and then express it out. You have to contact it and express it. You got to use it. Reverend Coleman used to tell the students um, at at the church that there's no question the teacher can ask you that god in you can answer. Well that's a now it doesn't have to be a teacher. That could be your work experience. That could be whatever is being called on by you at the time. The wisdom of god is capable and able. Now, here's the key. If I need a plumber, the wisdom of god tells me instead of trying to get down there with a wrench, use the intelligence and wisdom of god to call a plumber come do that because that's still God's wisdom because God is, has give, has given that person the innate knowledge and this person has trained and developed it to be able to enhance and do that particular function efficiently that's still the wisdom of God so some, sometimes me drawing out my wisdom is knowing where to go get help it's go to God and go to man as God directs that's how that works so we want to make sure that we're in this space of complete wholeness, complete peace and joy by realizing that it's already within me, waiting to be brought into expression. Why? Because with God, all things, not some things, are possible. Now, uh, you know, if I would like to hear from you. So if you have any questions or comments, please make sure you give me a call at 888-888. 558-6489-888-558-6489. Also, as I do on every show, I would like to remind you that Unity Online Radio and this particular show is supported by your donations, your love offerings. And as Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. Click on the donate button on the home page support it P- take the link of this show and unity fm just in general put it on your facebook page put it on your twitter accounts put it on your other social media accounts and let people know about it because the more people know about it more lives can be transformed more people can support it and they can reach out and touch more lives we have to be that space for transforming the world so please make sure you do your part by supporting this online internet radio station We're- Back with Truth Transforms.
1: If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
4: Jenny is looking for an adventure.
1: I love new cities. The culture, the architecture, the
4: food. Joy prefers a little R&R.
5: Just give me a book and cozy chair along the ocean, and maybe a massage or spa treatment.
4: Both are spiritually minded.
1: The cave temples in Sri Lanka sound amazing. What a life changing experience.
5: Studying Eastern spirituality, going right to the source, it's the journey of a lifetime.
4: Both Jenny and Joy will find exactly what they're seeking on Spirit of the East, a 14 day voyage from Singapore to Mumbai. And so will you. Join us April 17th to May 1st, 2013. Spirit of the East, a perfect blend of relaxation and adventure. Explore more at unity.org slash spirit of the east.
2: For tuning in to Truth Transforms, now here's your host Reverend Galen McDowell.
3: Hello, welcome back to Truth Transforms with Galen McDowell. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Caller, what's what's your name and where are you from?
5: My name is Karen, and I'm from Georgia.
3: Georgia, what's your question or comment?
5: Well, my my question is: is um, first of all, thank you so much for what you do, and and actually for just these lessons. But my my question is is that my issue is that you know, I do well when I'm studying, <laughs> but as soon as I you know get myself into you know a, a worry mode or whatever, I find it hard to like pull the lessons you know out. And so I guess my question is, is that, do you have a, um a practice or something that we could do to help us to stay focused on the truth?
3: OK, a practice. Well, well, first of all, obviously, the fact that you're listening to the show says that you're dedicated to, to wanting to practice truth. So thank you. Uh, as far as a practice, um, I don't know if I have a practice. I have some things that I tell people to do from time to time. You know, I, I, don't, I don't believe there's a um, what I guess you would call a magic, uh, 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 uh a, a magic key to doing anything. But um, Unity, what I do tell people from time to time is use a prayer from, that's on, it's on the Unity website. It's called the Prayer of Faith. No, excuse me, not the Prayer of Faith. I apologize. I behold the Christ you, uh, Prayer. And I ask people to put that name above every part of the poem. It's like three or four parts. I actually look in the mirror in the morning and the evening, and actually affirm it to yourself. So if I was saying, Galen, I behold the Christ in you, and you the light of God, I see. Galen, I behold the Christ in you. I can see you whole and free. I keep affirming it, or I tell people to affirm it to themselves. Let them look themselves in the face and behold the Christ in themselves first. It's jarring because we're not used to seeing good in ourselves. We're always, you know, downing ourselves when we don't do something, when we don't keep our word, when we're out of integrity, that we tend to forget to actually not realize that, you know, when you take the P off of praise, you have raised what you praise, you raise. So if you want to raise your consciousness, the first thing you have to do is start praising the, the what's right about you. And the, and from a new thought perspective, what's right about you always is that you are the image and likeness of God. And your true nature is spiritual. Therefore, the spiritual nature, as we understand it and teach it, is the I am or the Christ within. So you're calling forth that Christ. You can, you can go right to Unity's website or Google, I behold the Christ in you, Unity. It should pop right up. Use that prayer. That would be my suggestion until you don't need to um, as a way of a mental tool and discipline to pull yourself back into it. The other thing is put, it on your, put your study time on your calendar. Like I'm sure, like if you're like me and a lot of other people now, we, we're so busy that if we don't actually put stuff down on our calendar to say, "Okay, I'm gonna read my blessings, of the truth. I'm gonna, this is my prayer time, this is my meditation time. I'm gonna work with that until until whatever." Now, if you want more detailed stuff, arts meditations and things of that nature, uh, what would I recommend? Is that what you're asking me? Is she still there? Um. Hello. Can you hear me?
5: Uh, yeah, I'm still here. No, uh, what you said was was perfect. Actually, I I meditate. I you know I do the studying. I pray. I just sometimes I just let myself get, you know, just kind of out there, and I just need to pull myself back. And so I think what you suggested would be perfect.
3: Okay. Well, the what, what, only other thing that I would suggest is make sure that you stop beating you up. Because it's like taking a bath or a shower or brushing your teeth. There's no bath so good and it'll get you so clean that you never have to take another bath. There's no toothpaste made that can keep your teeth clean beyond one day. So this is an ongoing process. It never stops. You're going to have some times when you're all in. There's going to be some times where, where you're pulling yourself forward. Just don't give up. Love yourself through all of it, through what you call the ups and what you call the downs. And realize that regardless of how you feel about yourself right now, God loves you always. And because God loves you, then you're worthy. You're pre-approved by God, and and, and your worth is not determined by what you do. Your worth is determined by who you are. So keep that in mind. you know. But but just keep on going forward. Paul said, I press toward the higher – excuse me, toward the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. So keep pressing, okay? All right.
5: thank you so much. I really appreciate
3: it. No problem. God bless you.
5: Bye.
3: All right. So as we continue on with Lessons and Truth, and thank you, caller, again, if anyone else has any questions, please feel free to call me at 888-558-6489, 888-558-6489. Continuing to go forward, it states that God is power, and not simply God has power, but God is power. It says, in other words, all the power there is to do anything is God. Which See, Jesus taught it this way. He said, with God, all things are possible. So not, God is not just powerful. God is power. She states it this way. God, the source of our existence every moment, is not simply omnipotent, all powerful. He is omnipotent. Now, you got to realize all power. She's using old terminology. So she's using the male pronoun, as people did in the 19th century, to explain God. But it's still relevant. He is not alone omniscient, all knowing. He is omniscience, all knowledge. He is not only omnipresent, meaning all everywhere present, but more omnipresence, all the presence there is. God is not a being having qualities, but he is the good itself. Everything you can think of that is good, when in its absolute perfection, goes to make up that invisible being we call God. Now, so yet again, we go back to the the absolute good that we call God. Now, one of the things that we say around New Thought is God's nature is absolute good. God's essential character is absolute good. And God's will has to be consistent with God's nature or essential character, absolute good. So God cannot will for you something that is inconsistent with the nature of God. So we can't say, well, I'm sick because God wants me to be sick. Well, I'm going through this trial because God has tested my faith. Or I'm going through this breakup because God, whatever. No, leave God out the equation. That has to do with consciousness, which we will talk about next week. But we just have to realize that, that God is absolute good. So we can say with certainty that God's will for me is absolute good, you can point to your own being and say god's will for me is absolute good, and you tell yourself that over and over and over and over again until your subconscious mind can accept it. God's will for me is absolute good, God only wants the me to experience the best why because that's because that's how God rose. When you look at the universe, you see abundance in everything. As far as you can see, stars. Now, you got to remember, every time you see a star, that's a sun with its own solar system. And in a dark night, if you're not in a city where you can actually look up and see, as far as you can see, all you see is stars. Those are universes, I mean galaxies and solar systems. As When the snow comes, it's abundance of snow. Rain, abundance of rain. When you're trying to do your lawn in the spring, if you don't put the weed and feed down, you'll see an abundance of weeds. Everything comes in abundance. We don't experience the abundance because we're not tuned in in a way that allows it to press forth. Now, is that a reason to get upset? No, that's a reason to create and say, let me realize that I could be causing my own experience. That's what matters. Don't get upset about it. Realize with God, all things are possible. And if with God, all things are possible, that means that I can transform my life now. I don't have to wait. I don't have to wait. And what the world calls a miracle can happen for me. You know. You know, in in, uh, um, in the Course of Miracles book, uh, one of the statements is there is no order of difficulty uh, in, you uh, know, uh, something like that. In God, there's no order of difficulties or whatever. In other words, I'm sure I'm butchering this statement right now. In other words, there's no order of difficulties in God. There's no order of difficulties in, in, in love. There's no order of difficulties when you realize the presence and power of God working through you in you as you. That's important. So she goes on to say, God then is the substance from sub, under, and starate to stand, or the real thing standing under every visible form of life, love, intelligence, or power, each rock, tree, animal, every visible thing is a manifestation of the one spirit, God, differing only in degrees of manifestation. And each of the numberless modes of manifestation or or individualities, however inconsistent, excuse me, insignificant, contains the whole. So so all the aspects of what we call life or form has underneath it the wholeness of God. So 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 even if it's unmanifested, the wholeness of God is always there. Sometimes it's very difficult to see when, when, when we get sucker punch sometimes with life. Sometimes things catch us and, and we're not aware and we take the blind side hit. Sometimes we've forgotten. Sometimes we, we, we were ignorant to what you know we were doing. Sometimes we were just kind of allowing life to kind of do its own thing and we're like driftwood flowing down a river wherever the current takes us, we go. Wherever life is taking us, we go. Not doing any intentional thinking about where we want to go with our own lives. But when it's all said and done, the wholeness of God is still in you. That's the bottom line. She says it this way. One drop of water taken from the ocean is just as perfect ocean water as the whole great body. She says the elements of the water are exactly the same. They are combined in precisely the same ratio or perfect relation to each other, whether we consider one drop, a pail full, a barrel full, or the entire ocean out of which the lesser quantities are taken, each is complete in itself. They differ only in quantity or degree. Each contains the whole, and yet no one would make the mistake of supposing from this statement that each drop is the entire ocean. So she explains, what does this mean? So we say that each individual manifestation of God contains the whole not for a moment, meaning that each individual is God in his entirety, so to speak, but that each is God come forth, shall I say, in different quantity or degree. Man, or humankind, is the last and highest manifestation of divine energy, the fullest and most complete expression expression or pressing out of God. So what she's saying is, just like... That ocean water, if you take a pail full of ocean water or a cup of ocean water or a bucket full of ocean water, everything that's in the ocean is in that bucket full of water. It's the same water. It's the same H2O. It has the same qualities. The only difference is in degree. So each one of us have the wholeness of God in us, even though we're not the totality of God. Now that that's difficult to understand because nobody can say, well, I'm God in expression to, a, and exclude everyone else. This that when that happens, that's the ego talking. We know we see you know people who come up with these movements and, and religious this, that, and the other, and they want to promote the ego as if it's in charge. But the only thing we can say with certainty is that we're individualized expressions of God. And the degree in to which God manifests through an individual is based upon their understanding of what's inside of them and the bringing forth of it. The seed of God is in everybody, but it's our job to grow the seed, and when we see someone who grows the seed and manifests it in marvelous ways, they end up being many times the people we look to in as as human beings as the people we want to emulate, according to the to the the new thought teachings Jesus so demonstrated the seed of God within him that people didn't know where the seed started and the man left off. So what, what? So he became the what we would call the perfect manifestation of that idea of that seed of the the Spirit of Truth or the I Am or the Christ within. So Jesus of Nazareth became Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ in the sense that he fully, as we understand fully, because I don't even know what that means in human relative terms, manifested the Christ. Oh, he so he so fully manifested it. I ain't gonna say he tot- totaled it because God is infinite. I don't know how you can express infinity, but anyway. And and but anyway, that's another conversation for another day. I don't even want to go down that path right now for this. He so fully expressed God that people couldn't think of him without thinking about God. Now, he's not the only manifestation who's done that. In other words, only person who has so fully expressed God that people can't think about the individual without thinking about God, because the sacredness shined forth so strongly through him and through them, through the different what we would call. World leaders of religions and et cetera, et cetera, because when there's something innate within people that knows when they are touching or encountering what we would call someone who is not of the normal human consciousness. When, When people are walking around with a cup full of God express and then you run into somebody who has a bucket full of God express, that looks totally different. It shows up in life as a completely different expression. So what H. M. Lee Katie is trying to tell folks is that the human being is the is the highest, fullest, and most complete expression of this pressing forth out of God. So she goes on to say God is not only the creative cause of every visible form of intelligence and life at its commencement, but each moment throughout its existence, he lives within every created thing as the life, the ever-renewing, recreating, upbuilding cause of it. That's deep. So, again, I'd like to hear from you. So, give me a call at 888-558-6489. 888-558-6489. Give me a call. We're going to take our last break. We'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
0: Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Conner teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul. How to Live a Life of Integrity in Soul Vows and Discover Your Soul's Unique Purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit janetconnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things.
2: You've been listening to Truth Transforms with Rev. Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms Now back to Truth Transforms.
3: Transforms, I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and we have a caller on the line, Marcellus. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to uh, to hear you uh, do your thing and speak and minister. So um, it's definitely a pleasure. And I just had a uh, a quick question. Um, I think sometimes one of the challenges for a new thought student is once you get that understanding that you are, you know, a spiritual being having human experiences. At times, you could almost have a perspective of being desensitized to some of the human experiences. Uh, you know, knowing that it's not about you know there's something behind money or cars or, or relationships, and even as you said, you even with your mother, you're experiencing the love of God through the vehicle of a mom. So with that, uh, I bring this up because I was reading a book, uh, Neil Donald Walsh, and one of his conversations with God audiobooks, and a lady was critiquing it in the middle of it and saying that uh, sometimes in new thought. You can have that desensitivity or less of a value on the human experience when uh, on this plane the human experience is just as much of a value. Uh, you are a spiritual being, but it is you know definitely good to feel you know pain or or you know the different you know or go through the different challenges that life offers and then kind of uncover them through the spirituality that, that lies behind it. But I just want to get your opinion on the human experience and. How much, you know, can we still value, um, you know, even with knowing that a lot of the, you know, the, the situations that are presented are illusions, uh, but, but still having a firm value of, of liking to get on roller coasters or playing basketball or or even if you're, you know, upset or you're, you're crying about something, you know, you're able to, you know, still uh, live. That's part of the living and feeling experience of just being a human that we kind of happen to be you know, in this plane and, and and overcoming that with the you know, the spirituality that breaks through everything. But uh but what was your you know opinion in general on, on valuing, you know, the some of the human situations and uh experiences and feelings that just go along with just being human despite being, you know, you know, more so spiritual? Well I think that's a great question.
3: And since you quoted Neil Donald Walsh, I'll give another Neil Donald Walsh quote. Uh, I believe in either book one or book two of Conversations with God. He he said he wrote rather enjoy everything, need nothing. See see what ends up happening many times is, um, you know we encounter life how it occurs to us, and and we create these levels of you know you know this is spiritual this is human this is sacred this is not sacred this is valuable this doesn't have value this is good this is bad this is up this is down this is left this is right a lot of that stuff is just human perception that we give meaning to what the new thought student or the metaphysical student attempts to do is is pull the mind back to cause because when you pull the mind back to cause, then you're pulling yourself back to the space to where you realize that God is as creative principle underlies everything that's one level two once you do that, then you can create your own experience based upon how you want life to show up and how you want basically how you want to experience life so so if if life shows up to you one individual was playing football and the other one is John Madden, uh, uh, John Madden football, not real football, or somebody else wants to go play basketball or somebody else wants to go sewing while somebody else wants to go rock climbing rock climbing or mountain climbing or whatever. That experience shows up because now you realize that I don't have to do any particular thing or believe a certain particular thing. What I need to do is to understand that, that my mind is always causation. And because my mind is causation, when I give my power up to the human experience, I'm now being dominated by it instead of utilizing it. See, when you realize that what you're looking at is the appearance, then you realize that it doesn't have power over you. So in other words, you can go through things or grow through things. You can have an experience. And realize that in and of itself, it can have no power over you because God is the one presence and one power. What happens many times with metaphysical students, though, and I think not just metaphysical students, but religious students and practitioners in general. So I don't want to make this a new thought thing. I think this is a religion thing is the human experience and all of it because it's the realm of sensation. Uh, when people get caught up in things that they're, that their feelings and emotions and wants and appetites are are involved in, we lock on things and we don 't know how to detach from them from them what 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 uh the metaphysician can says is is don't detach I mean, when you detach, you don't detach to become desensitized. And, and let me just be honest, there is a certain level of desensitization that goes along with not responding to everything that shows up to, in your lap when you realize that you have power to look at it the way you choose to look at it. That is truth to that. But then you can when you see something that you feel as though needs to be transformed, needs to be changed, needs to be dealt with. Would you want to be the difference in an experience? Now you realize you have the power to change it. You have the power to transform it. See, see, you can become desensitized to it only from the sense of you desensitize yourself from the belief that this experience in and of itself is a power. Uh, Michael Beckwith, Reverend Michael Beckwith, uh, the head of the Agape Church, when the, um, the, uh, all of the ministers were going down south, I forgot what state it was, when those young black kids were about to be charged with going to jail for 20-something years for a fight at school. I don't know if you remember that some years back, about not about five or six years ago, the Jenna situation, Jenna 6. And when he went down there and all of the ministers were down there saying, we're speaking truth to power, we're speaking truth to power, he got up and said, I'm not speaking truth to power. I'm speaking truth to pseudo power because there's only one power and that power is God. Now, what did he do when he did that? He's not saying that this is an experience, a fact that that he's not denying the fact. The fact was these gentle kids were dealing with a situation and experience that long-term could have affected the rest of their human experience. So as a new thought metaphysical minister, he was there. But even in that situation, he wasn't claiming that the prosecutor, the D.A., the sheriff's department or, or the state's attorney had any power because God is the one power. And once the real one power is evoked, it transforms experiences, even when people who think they have power are trying to change it. So 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 we have a responsibility to live life fully. And I think in, in UFBL, we said best. In my opinion, I ain't going to say it best, we say it well. I don't want to use the term best. That's judgment. We believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. Now, that qualifies everybody. But healthy, happy, and prosperous life shows up and looks like something different to everybody. For, For a healthy, happy, and prosperous life, a healthy a person having general health is different from an athlete needing health to play nfl football a person who's happy what makes one person happy is somebody else's nightmare so that shows up individually different as well and prosperous is determined by what you feel as though you need to express so for some people, prosperity is in the millions, in the billions. And for some other people, they just want to go live a simple life away from everybody. And as long as they can hunt their food and cook their whatever and keep their log cabin fire, they're happy. That's prosperity, too. So so, so, so when, from a new thought perspective, we've always said engage life and have fun and create the experience and you can grow spiritually and as you grow spiritually those things that used to have power over you will be diminished and then you can live the life that you want to live because if we are living god's will that's not solemn and quiet and bible under your arm and all of that stuff what it's really saying is this i'm showing up alive and passionate because that desire As you was talking about the human experience, about people wanting to go out and do the things that they want to do, the desire didn't originate with them. The desire, that impulse comes from God, the impulse to want to live a better life, the impulse to realize that things can change, the impulse that people realize that they don't have to be sick, broken, unhappy. So when we realize that God's will is absolute good for us, then we go about the, the opportunity of living that life and not only living that life for ourselves, but living that life with others. Because if I'm living a healthy, happy and prosperous life and my community is not transformed, guess what? I'm playing by myself. And, you know, it's no it's only you only want to play solitaire test so many times by yourself. You only want to shoot the ball, shoot basketball by yourself every once in a while. The things that give us joy are the things that we do together most of the time. When we're with people who we love, who we care about, when we're doing things that are passionate, that, that help people, that transform people. So when we transform our lives, we have the responsibility then to go out and be the change agents in the world. Or as Jesus would do, he would go to the mountain and get away. But when he came down from the mountain, from his prayer work, from his meditation work, he wouldn't engage life. He He dealt with life and he wasn't. Uh, uh, stoic and and away from society he was at the weddings, he was at the parties he was at the gatherings because he was engaged with life because you got to meet people where they're at if you're going to be a transformed individual you got to meet people where they're at so hopefully that answers your question Mar- Marcellus. <laughs> Marcellus, it me, did. Me. that was great <laughs> thanks a lot no problem. well to wrap this episode up the bottom line is I want to read this quick quote and I want to be done with it she says God is. Man exists. Man stands forth out of God. And this she states Man is a threefold being made up of spirit, soul, and body. The spirit is the true you. The awareness, your soul is the awareness of being, your consciousness, your body is the vehicle through which the spirit and soul express. So when you realize what this chapter is saying, go back and read this chapter, pray about it, write down what God reveals to you, because God will give you something unique for you. What I'm doing is ringing the bell like at the end of school days. Wake up. I'm Lars Fishburne ringing the bell. Wake up so you can realize what's inside of you. And as I just stated earlier to the caller and go out and live that better life go out and live that life that you love go out and live that life that turns you on that fulfills you and satisfies you because you deserve it because you're a child of god we're gonna uh, we're gonna wrap it up and we'll be with you next week and we'll be going over the chapter called thinking and lessons in truth chapter three god bless you and i'll be with you next week take care
2: Is there a difference between the spiritual teachings you know and how you live your life? Does your day-to-day experience reflect what you truly value? Are you ready to receive your life and live the gift that you are? Join Janice Campbell, licensed Unity teacher, author, and coach each week
0: Inspiration only
1: takes a moment. We invite you to consider these words from Unity author Charles Roth. Live deeply in the present moment. If you are going to work on the premise that real energy, real excitement, that feeling of being fully and enthusiastically alive comes from a source within you, then it follows that you have to spend some time getting acquainted, being at home in those far reaches of inner space. Peace is power, for out of stillness, strength is born, and out of inner harmony, productivity flourishes. Rest in that inner peace.
2: This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.